0: here we go today is sunday march 12th 2017 and this is episode 186 of the defensive security podcast my name is jerry bell and joining me tonight as always
1: is mr andrew callett Hey Jerry how are you sir? I'm doing great. How are you? I am good and uh, good to see you. I know we missed a couple weeks there well we
0: we Sorry. missed one we were you know we were on a roll there for a while and we missed I know. We missed last week, but you know we were the reason we missed was we were at the at, at the crypto super Collider trying to recreate the uh, the Sha one collision That's true
1: well. You were there. I was rescuing Bob from the Russian consulate. Well, yes, that's true. And uh, he's he's currently recovering nicely in a hidden, undisclosed location in Canada. Mm. Good, good. Yeah, and and apparently, it seemed to have some sort of big file from the CIA. I don't know. He was talking something crazy, like
0: a like a hard drive or something.
1: Something. Yeah. It was weird. I just I told him to have another have, have take another pill and go to sleep. <laughs> And, uh, and how was your SHA-1 collision testing? Did, did it was, you destroy we, the universe? It, it,
0: was, it was dicey there, but you know, we created some PDFs that looked the same. <laughs> so. and, and the world
1: ended. And yeah. And here we are. We're in hell. But you know what's, what's funny about that, in all seriousness? I hate to say this, but it's articles like that that get executive management to make changes. Oh, absolutely. Like, we, we we as engineering types could tell them all day long. This is bad. This is bad. Bad things are going to happen. This is bad, and then you know that comes out, and the and then suddenly CISOs are on the phone going, "What does this mean? <laughs> why are we? Why are we still using trial one? Right? Why haven't we fixed this? Ah, <laughs> uh, so you know it is what it is. I want it well, fixed well, hey, by Friday. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we're back and no downtime, and we're back uh, this week. So
0: that's right. And uh, before we get into the stories, I, there were there were two conferences I want to get a shout out a shout out to. The first is uh, B sides Orlando, which oh. is April eighth. B sides Orlando dot org. I suppose dot com is probably some like phishing site or something. I don't know. Uh, it, the cost don't, is don't go there. The, the cost is twenty dollars. Uh, it's free for students. And apparently they have a a, a capture-the-flag contest that has some uh, post-apocalyptic Russia hacking theme thing. So it sounds pretty cool. There's a couple of interesting uh, celebrity headliners. So, mm. um, And then the second one is Hack in the Box Amsterdam, which is April 10th through 14th in uh, Amsterdam.
1: Uh, which one of these years, we've got to make it up for that. I agree. We keep talking about it. I agree. And- and we keep failing. I mean, it's a non-trivial trip. Uh,
0: especially with, with the work situation these days. You can, yeah. you can uh, get information on that at conference.hitb.org. But uh, by yeah. the way, Amsterdam in, in April is just amazing. So
1: Now, in years past, we've had a discount code for Hack in the Box. I, d- I don't have one this time, but... Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Well, that was awkward. Sorry, yeah. Whatever. (laughs) Um, Good and uh, hey, May sixth, I'm told. No, I'm sorry, I lied. No, no, it's actually May seventh that tickets go on sale for DerbyCon. No, I'm kidding. It's actually May (laughs) sixth. I'm just, I'm I'm being mean. (laughs) I heard it was canceled, wasn't it? Right. right. I do plan to be at DerbyCon this year. is is my current current plan. Excellent. I should be there too. And uh, I might I might fly up this year. Like, privately, rather than drive. It's like a good distance for small yeah, plane flying. It's not bad. So, uh, you know, we just can't bring more than like 100 pounds of stuff. Uh, it could be a problem. And if we're going to eat and drink like we normally do, we should take like 80 pounds of stuff. <laughs> good point. <laughs>
0: All right. So, with that, the, uh, the, just a reminder that the thoughts and opinions we express on the show our hours and do not represent those of our employer so So
1: i don't even know why we're recording this week nothing happened in the last two weeks
0: uh, absolutely nothing i mean pretty much nothing we were we were just going to talk about i don't know more sha1 stuff i guess right anyway kidding we kid uh so the first story we have for this evening is from bankinfosecurity.com. The title is Emory Healthcare Database Breach. Database breach. What happened? Uh, so, not a ton of innovation here, right? But I thought the the, the story was pretty interesting. Um, yet another instance of a MongoDB with no authentication. <laughs> Hanging out on the internet. Uh, what was what was kind of novel about this one was on uh, apparently on December thirtieth. Uh, I think it was Chris Vickers or his name found found the uh, the databases he is want to do notified Emory. Apparently they ignored him, and uh, and then a couple of days later they went back to check if it had been closed and found that it
1: had actually the database had been uh, had look, been look. Ransom Emery's calls. playbook is very specific. If Krebs calls, you take that call. That's true, yes. Right? This, this guy wasn't Krebs. True. Th- they're going to update their playbook. <laughs> I, I should hope so. I so this has so. been a, a common problem lately. We've, we, we've got all these MongoDBs out there that are People are mass scanning for to find them and and are getting exploited left and right. Well, the, I think there's there were
0: two things that I wanted to mention this, and, and that is one of them. Absolutely, this is a. I don't know what the heck is so prolific about this problem, but it is. You know, there's there's uh, there's hundreds of thousands of these databases out there, just you know, kind of flapping in the breeze, no authentication. And they're getting they're getting compromised. So so you got researchers out there looking for them, and you got you know you got the bad guys out there looking for them. And what they do, by the way, what the the bad guys' game plan is, they download all the data, they replace it with kind of a placeholder that tells you you know pay, pay some Bitcoin to this address and we'll give you your data back. Hopefully they download all the data. Well, I think in some cases they don't. They actually haven't. They just delete it and then uh, uh, make you pay a ransom and you don't get your data back.
1: And this goes back to something we've been talking about a lot on the show, which is that this, for lack of a better term, shift to the cloud, which is making a lot of less technical folks have much easier access to this sort of infrastructure than in the past. And they don't have to jump through hoops to spin it up. They don't have to get firewall change requests. They don't have to go through change control. They don't have to do all the typical stuff that an organization used to build into their process to protect themselves this allows them to very quickly spin this stuff up. So that's a blessing and a curse. This is the curse side of that. It's much more easier for them to forget or not know about common uh, security steps to take to harden their infrastructure until they get popped. And I
0: I think that the cloud providers tend not to help matters any either by, you know, calling their stuff secure, secure cloud, or the cloud is secure. and, Mm And, you know, what they're, 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 when those claims are made, they're talking about a very specific kind of threat scenario, not you know leaving your your MongoDB completely open to the internet. So, anyway, the other the other angle that I wanted to mention is, you know, when you get a when you get a report of you know, when somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, your data is hanging out on the internet," you you, you should have a process that can handle that.
1: And I, I know yeah, it's, it's a... I, I mean, I, I completely agree. I completely agree, and, and you should have a uh, a functionality for that. You should know how people might report that to you. Make sure that you know the email addresses registered in domain names go to somebody who has a clue. But I think often people fear that that might be, if they're a little less technical, that could be a phishing attack or something, and we've taught them to be gun-shy of that. Well, so we've true. sort of shot ourselves in the foot a little bit here. Um, true I yeah. don't know it's it's a tough and, it, it's a tough situation by
0: the way all of that dovetails into the next story oh yeah which is from networkworld.com and it's, the title is security alert overload overload threatens to bury security teams mm yes 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 so um I, I don't anybody who works in security probably is uh, not terribly surprised by this but uh, this Company called ESG Research did some surveys. Really, not any details about who they surveyed or how many or whatever. But thirty-six percent of whoever they surveyed said that uh, their top concern is keeping up with alerts, and forty-two percent said that their company ignores significant numbers of alerts because they can't keep up. And um, I, you know that that last story
1: probably is, you know, endemic of the the problem here. Well, and this is something we see a lot in in the aftermath of a breach. They go back and say, oh, look, if we had only looked at these alerts. Right. Uh, A couple things on that, though. It's very easy to understand in retrospect that an alert is valid. Uh, You know, it's that whole signal and the noise problem that we've talked about. But, yeah, I think this is a very real problem. Now, aren't there tools out there that are supposed to help you with this? Well, see –
0: that's true and i bet you that this survey was actually probably commissioned by some group who sold machine learning stuff to to help you you know cut down on the number of alerts that you have to deal with and and they actually recommend that you you, you talk to your sim vendor and their customers to get oh. to get some uh, uh you know idea of, of the workload that that comes along with it and then and then you should focus on on new types of products that have machine learning as I mentioned and then you know focus your incident response using automation and orchestration and then and then get some help from you know the professional services companies that, that sell all that stuff <laughs> right
1: I will tell you My one com- uh, I think so. It's funny because one comment at the end here. This is the last paragraph. It's also worth noting that the global cybersecurity skill shortage precludes any organization from simply hiring their way out of this mess. Yep. Now, any single one. Nobody can possibly do this on, this, on their own, is what, is what this is telling us.
0: So that, that means you absolutely need to buy their stuff.
1: Period. Their Blinky Box. Get on it. Their Blinky Cloud. I think I think Blinky things starts like Blinky Clouds. That's I'm gonna right. go register BlinkyCloud.com. Probably already taken. <laughs> Darkness. Right. But in all honesty, this is a real problem, and and I think this is a maturity of a of a security organization comes around tuning and really getting mastery over these alerts in their organization. And I think it's tough to do when you're when you're chasing your tail all day long.
0: Well, we, you know, you in particular have talked about that a lot. That you really have to to keep some, you know, some, some uh, cycles in reserve to be able to focus on those more strategic things. Otherwise, you 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 really start to lose the you know, the ability to be strategic, and you're just completely firefighting. And things yeah, are think- at that point, things are falling on the floor, and you know you're missing. Uh, you're missing Mac Keeper security notifying you that your MongoDB is open to the internet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's true. So,
0: um, you know. And by the way, the, the, I, I make fun of it, right? But they're not wrong. Automation is. You, we're getting to the point now where we're we're instrumenting I think it's
1: things. You, it's your only option, really. Yeah,
0: we're we're instrumenting things to the to the point now where you know we're we're pulling in a lot of data, and the only way to handle it is. You know, through automation, and and so the, the but but by the way, you know that itself requires its own set of skill sets, and and you know and also uh, operational models and, and so on and so forth. You know, a lot of companies are are pretty skeptical and and in actually resistant to the whole automation and orchestration model. So, I mean, there's there's some,
1: but like with anything, it's. Yeah. It's doing it properly absolutely yeah
0: and, and by the way I, I think from a career standpoint, this sort of thing is probably one of the next big horizons for i t security is in the you know in the machine learning automation orchestration type space uh-huh. to, to to help companies through the you know, kind of the, the overbearing number of alerts they have to deal with and, and whatnot so
1: Well, and I think long term, where I think the industry is going is where we're starting to sense is we'll eventually have automated replies and responses to those alerts. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Which will, you know, start the rise of Skynet. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely.
0: That's why, I mean, you got to have the robots that can run around your, your office building cutting
1: the Ethernet cables. Well, currently we're still working on the on the packet sniffing dogs that that'll be able to find the bad packets and true bite the cables. True, true. And then we can we can work on building the robots.
0: <sighs> so much to keep track of. So,
1: <laughs> moving on
0: to our next story which comes from uh, also network world and the title here is Trend Micro report ransomware booming in case you
1: had- I I didn't realize ransomware made a noise.
0: Yeah, uh, you know what they call that word, by the way?
1: It's it's called an automatopoeia. Do you know that? I, I think I did actually. Okay, good, good, good. Because there's some old rhyme about. It. I don't want to see it.
0: Yeah, right. There you go. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the, the this is a um, probably not a terribly earth-shaking report, but you know they they talk about how in 2016. Trend Micro identified seven hundred and fifty-two families of new families of ransomware, up from twenty-nine in two thousand fifteen, and and that's not just you know like um, iterations of the same. That's that's actually unique families of of ransomware. So that's that's you know pretty prolific. They they describe the ransomware as a service business as being a one billion dollar a year enterprise. And and obviously rapidly growing, um, and you know they say seventy nine percent of the time ransomware comes from spam, which I thought was was interesting. Now then it gets a little well. I, there's a couple other little quick tidbits. U.S. companies had uh, accounted for seven. Sorry, thirty eight percent, roughly thirty eight percent of ransomware victims. UK was second at just under ten percent. In Hong Kong, and third at just under three percent, so that's a big disparity there. And I and I happen, I, I well, I wonder if it happens to be because of Trend Micro's customer base versus anything else.
1: <laughs> no, no, that can't possibly have any effect.
0: I uh, know. Anyway, um, then <laughs> then the article gets really weird. They talk about how uh, Microsoft has made you know tremendous improvements in security over the past year and you know reducing the number of vulnerabilities from 175 in 2015 to 93 last year but wait, what? But, but then they but then up above, i mean you can how do you wait. reconcile that with what we just heard oh,
1: wait okay so let's just examine that for a moment first off number of disclosed vulnerabilities in a year is not a reliable indicator of overall security of a given piece of software it tells you how many were found reported and fixed
0: well and it, it, it obviously doesn't mean a lot if
1: and and what does that mean by microsoft does that mean in just the operating system which operating system does that include uh, applications does that include what does that include but the, but the whole
0: the whole point of I'm, I'm questioning the whole point of including it in the article it oh, just yeah, okay. it just doesn't it doesn't fit, right? Because they just talked about the number, the amount of of ransomware going up, right. you know, um, by an order of magnitude, <laughs> and and now we're congratulating well, Microsoft. If on... They had
1: added a follow-on paragraph that most people get compromised. That the initial vector of exploitation is not against the operating system. Maybe that would have made sense in context, but right, right. You know, if they talked about something like browser plugins or flash and java or... yeah, anyway i, I thought that, that was interesting but yes moving on look man sometimes you just got to fill space <laughs> I, maybe pay by you the word i don't know i don't know we're just here babbling around about somebody else's articles anyway we're not even coming up with original content that's
0: that's the cold hard truth my friend <laughs> so <laughs> Um, moving on to the next story, which comes from helpnetsecurity.com. The title is Yahoo cookie forging incident affected 32 million accounts.
1: Like, I'm done. I'm done with Yahoo breach stories. I'm done. This is like no, no. breach.
0: Dude, I, I assure you we're not. done. <laughs> I can almost guarantee there'll be more.
1: This is breach number 73. I think this is just.
0: Yeah. So, um, so the deal here is, in and when this came out, there. I guess this is like a week and a half old now. When this came out, there was a lot of media report about it being a new breach, but no. it's not really a new breach. What we previously learned that at some time in the past, someone stole their source code, which which um, indicated how to forge cookies to access email accounts. Well, what this, I, I guess, is finding out after realizing that someone had the ability to go and forge these cookies, they apparently decided, yeah, maybe we should pull the logs off of our tapes. And, you know, (laughs) and uh, and so they found out that 32 million of their accounts had been accessed in this way. So that's non-trivial. I mean, like, so the reason I I thought this was, was interesting, because we often talk about, you know, kind of breaches in the abstract, like oh my gosh, you know, there were a billion, you know, billion records stolen here, or you know, uh, half a billion records there. But there, there's really never any objective evidence that anything happened, right? It, with, with with those stolen records, but here, 32 million accounts were accessed. I mean that. That's so, what do you think about accessing 32 million email accounts? Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's, uh, you know, that's a lot of spam to look at. I'll tell you that much. And a whole lot of weird emails from their moms. That's true. That's true. So and a um, lot of marketing emails. You know what's interesting? I found in this story is, and this is there's some other stories that came out on this is that, in essence, what people are saying at this point, and and some of the. Uh, I guess you would say findings is that the executive staff and the legal staff who were over instant response failed to take appropriate serious measures to investigate. They yeah. they they knew what was going on and, and they did not respond uh, you know aggressively enough. Right. And and sort of which I find very interesting when when you know normally we talk about companies not having defenses in place at a time or, or, you know, making some questionable decisions that led to a breach here. They knew they had a breach. The Executive leadership was aware of it. They were brought into the picture and they apparently did not take it seriously enough to fully understand the scope of the breach and the impact of the breach. Right. Which is pretty damning.
0: Yeah, and, you know, and so the this, this, the CEO is um, foregoing her bonus. I think we talked about that last time, and yeah, and yeah. and since then, I think it was the general counsel got the boot. Yeah, and, and
1: then, which uh, which starts to become an interesting conversation at that point of what is appropriate due care in the aftermath of a breach. Yeah. From I mean, an industry standard standpoint, what's reasonable to do after a breach? Right and this is somewhat of a new area i think that we haven't spent a lot of time in yet as an industry of of reasonable action from a cleanup and an incident response standpoint to to not <laughs> miss something i mean most i think most companies in general uh, at least from the outside seem to take a fairly aggressive tone in terms of understanding what happened and why and and figuring it out this is not something i've seen too often where a company didn't take appropriate measures, and continue to have breaches as a result. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm sure they're out there, but this is a fairly evident example of it.
0: Very true, and and you know, it's I I, I think one of the reasons that it's it's turning into such a thing is that they didn't, as I recall, and I'm going off a of memory here, but they didn't disclose it on their SEC filings like they were supposed to. Oh, see, that's just not good
1: at all. Yeah. See, that's just not. You just don't mess with the SEC, right? So. They don't play. Anyway, they, they come slap you. I, I'll guarantee. I can guarantee
0: we'll be back talking about something new with Yahoo. <laughs> anyway, for now, let's move on. Uh, All right. The next story comes from Dark Reading. The title is "New Cybersecurity Regulations Begin Today for New York Banks," and and this would have made a whole lot more sense if it were on March first. Right. So
1: today being, you know, nearly two weeks ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so the Department of Financial Services in New York, which is the, the financial services regulator for um, inst- financial institutions in the state of New York, um, released a set of regulations. And there are cybersecurity-focused regulations that apply to uh, a, a fairly broad section of financial services companies that have um, – over five million in revenue or ten million dollars in assets, and I think it's like things like investment companies banks insurance companies, and many other things and um certainly they they have the kind of what's becoming the common concept of breach notification, so they have a seventy two hour requirement for breach notification to the d f s supervisor uh, so once you once you detect a breach, you have 72 hours to notify, and they also mandate that you have a CISO, and that and that CISO is responsible for performing a risk assessment, and that risk assessment is used to guide the the formation of requirements for uh, the other you know, most of the other controls or, or requirements in the. Uh, in the regulation, things like you, you have to have two-factor authentication, but the places that it is needed is going to be guided by that risk assessment. You have to have encryption, but the encryption is has to be guided by the risk assessment, and you have to have controls on your vendors, again guided by the risk assessment, and on and on. Um, there's some log retention requirements, and uh, so. Um, we know in the past the DFS is, has levied some fairly significant fines. Like uh, they fined Deutsche Bank $525 million bucks and Mega Bank $180 million bucks. But those were for more serious kind of like criminal type things. But it does show you they can
1: have some teeth. Yeah, what's interesting though is there's not much prescriptive in this. So they say have a CISO and have a risk assessment. But how – you have a CISO and what you do with that CISO and how you empower them and where they're at in terms of authority in the organization is certainly not prescribed. So there's a lot of True. implicit expectations around these statements. Yep. It'll be interesting to see how all that shakes out. Well, I, you know, because I, I, you could have a CISO in name only and go do a risk assessment in name only and right. meet the letter of of the regulation, but not do anything to improve your, your security stance.
0: Right. But they, then they, they, I think you do have to sign some kind of attestation to the on a on a yearly basis to the DFS that you're doing a a, a good job and and I you know I suspect that as long as you're not breached you probably don't have a problem. Well, it, it, but once you get once you you know if you do have a breach and they come in and they look at your stuff then
1: Yeah, then of course, well, you failed in doing X, Y, Z.
0: Right, you're not PCI compliant. (laughs) Right, right.
1: I also think it's interesting that states are now starting to invoke their own cybersecurity laws. And it'll be interesting if we get a whole patchwork of different laws from different states, which will make some corporations' life pretty difficult, I think.
0: Well, and to to be honest, I think that was one of the reasons – this particular regulation was a little on the generic side because, you know, there isn't just one way of operating a, co- a company. So, right. Um, I, so I think they they tried to they tried to walk the line between being too prescriptive and not prescriptive enough. But this is one of the more prescriptive. I'll, I'll just tell you, this is one of the more prescriptive laws out there. You know, if you if you contrast that with like the the gdpr in in europe which just says you know think about the state of the art and then design your controls (laughs) you know that's right you know that it's a it's a little more gives you a little more to go on uh, but it's not for instance as prescriptive as hipaa right so uh, but anyway I, i agree with you completely um if if we see this become a trend, and you know other other states start to follow suit, that could be a, a nightmare for companies.
1: So, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> but it's one more thing that we have to worry about as uh, as we watch these things.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, so there was one other thing that happened last week, and I like yeah. i I think I I just happened to like see it like blow by and. Twitter. It was just one kind of time thing, and I had to go f- find it. It was something about WikiLeaks. Are they still and, around? Are they still a thing? In in the well, I mean, the guy was—he's like held up in in the—I don't know. Well, he's I, in like Euro Tur- Disney, Turkish isn't, isn't prison he, or something. Isn't, isn't
1: he, he, he stuck in Euro Disney?
0: Oh, that's right, Euro Disney. Yes.
1: Like he can't get off. Uh, it's the, a small the, world. It's a
0: small world. That's right. Yes. Yes. I is what I was
1: thinking. No, no. So, so what is it? What is it you saw? So, um,
0: yeah. As it turns out, Ars Technica. This was the the story I found. Uh, Ars Technica has a, has a story titled "WikiLeaks WikiLeaks publishes docs," from what it says is a trove of CIA hacking tools, and and so um, this this is uh, apparently called something something they're they're labeling. As Vault Seven, which has eight thousand seven hundred sixty-one documents, which apparently came from a internal wiki, which, where have we heard this before? Um, Mr. Snowden took like the SharePoint server.
1: Hey, hey, Snowden's in Russia.
0: I well, I know. I know. Can't blame him on this one. No, 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 no. no. I'm saying that they they apparently have a problem with wikis, and. <laughs> In the government, and and by the way, it's very... So first you hate
1: Active Directory, now you're hating on wikis. You just hate organizational data. Yeah, I think you're right. You cannot handle (laughs) when data is organized in a hierarchical manner. You're right. You you got me. That's a weird phobia. We'll have to come up with a name for that. You got me. (laughs) Somebody's
0: going to email us. All right, so... So so, it's a pretty
1: big deal. Uh... But you know what's interesting is they redacted a whole bunch of interesting information from it too.
0: Yeah, not but not everything. But not everything. But not everything. So, um, so what apparently is in here is a lot of their, um, a lot of the, the tools and techniques and tactics from uh, from the group in the CIA who's responsible for their cyber operations, and so. There and I, of course I kid, right? There's been all sorts of you know, scare news and whatnot, in, including uh, from WikiLeaks itself about you know how the CIO, CIA has completely owned um, Signal and all these other you know WhatsApp and Telegram and, and secure messaging applications, and, and they're no longer secure. And, and I guess I guess you should just like burn your fo- your your phone in the microwave now.
1: And now, I thought we decided that it doesn't charge your battery.
0: Well, look, look. I thought it. I thought it was going to work. They told me it was going to work. Don't make fun of me anymore about it. All right, all right. Carry on. It worked in the video. So, s- <laughs> so Stop it.
1: <laughs> but uh, all, all this being said, uh, I, <clears throat> there's still a lot of analysis going on here we we are at the tip of the iceberg and i think there's still a lot to learn and according to wikileaks this is only 1% of the data around this that they plan to leak correct
0: now and and by the way what you know some of the some of the news and and hyperbole that has been put out is turning out to be a little disingenuous so for instance
1: well, to be fair, that is very, very common after breaking news. True. And True. so, I always tell people, give there's, it a week. There's always there's only one shooter,
0: and <laughs> oh, no, that's something else. That's right. Wow. <laughs> anyway, um, trigger warning. Yeah. So so uh, so yeah, like the, with respect to the signal telegram and and. Uh, you know, WhatsApp discussion you know, the, the the point there is they're not breaking those protocols or those applications they're compromising the the devices that those applications are are running sure. on and then monitoring them and and so then there's also discussions in um from things in the document about um apparently they have a capability of Compromising Samsung TVs, and we all know that in in time, years gone by, there's a big flap. Bloody hell, this thing's gonna kill me. <laughs> um, there, there's been uh in discussion about how how Samsung Smart TV EULA says that you shouldn't have sensitive conversations in front of your TV because you know.
1: <laughs> well, well, can we just stop and think about that for
0: a minute? Yeah, I know, I know, We're it's, old- it's yeah, kind true. of funny. <laughs>
1: It is a little funny. <laughs> what, what have we become? All right, carry on. It is a little
0: funny. Um but um yeah, so you know, but but analysis of that has said that you know those types of attacks require access to the TV, right? And so if somebody's right. physical going physical access. Yes, if somebody was going to, you know, pwn your TV to monitor you, they probably would, you know, they could just as easily put something, you know, in in your smoke detector.
1: And is that really the easiest avenue to go after somebody?
0: Right, right. So, you know, uh, and and that, by the way, is kind of the the consistent thread through through this is is that there's probably better ways. The CIA is not in the business generally of mass surveillance like the NSA. They tend to be more operating on a on a targeted yeah
1: basis and and the way i viewed this data is that this is their playbook or you know go to list of tools technologies and tactics to achieve some sort of surveillance goal or informational need and although a lot of the true hardcore technical data was redacted we didn't see exploits we didn't see proof of concepts what we did see from from my limited review of this, granted, is there's nothing too earth-shaking in here in terms of capability that wasn't known or evidenced elsewhere. Right. It, it was really just a, they keep a really good eye on exploits and buy zero days uh, from some folks and, and contract out to, to various organizations to help them get into things, and when they get a technique that works, they accumulate it into this wiki. And so, hey, I need to go after this target, and he's running a Windows tablet. Okay, let me go look up what sort of tools we have to go after Windows tablets. And it, there wasn't anything superhuman here from what I saw. Uh, now, we do know for a fact that the government, our government, the U.S. government, buys zero days from various researchers, uh, and but some of the reporting or analysis i saw was that not a lot of talk of zero burning zero days in here uh that this is a lot of you know hey if they haven't patched for this problem or that these are the tools and techniques we can have and these are probably robust exploit tools that are well written but nothing earth shattering it's just well collected and and uh, easily referenced and easily deployed yeah you know i i i spent some time reading
0: i, I didn't Obviously, read eight thousand documents i you know read maybe a couple of dozen, but it occurred to me that these were kind of you know cube cube dwellers <laughs> like just doing well, their job you know
1: if you've got to scale to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of technical folks yeah i mean th- th- these are this this set of documents,
0: at least the ones i've been reading are are like, are, are people just collaborating with each other on i mean it, right. it it's like them doing their job and it's 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 just bizarre like reading you know people having discussions about things related to this and certainly the topic is is you know, different than, than most other types but it it it's just kind of odd and and again you don't see any at least every, anything i've seen or read is not super Controversial. I mean, they're it's the CIA. Their, their job is to collect data and spy on people. So um, yeah. It, but but there was so this kind of goes to the next story in the in the chain here, which is from PC World, and the title is "After CIA, CIA leak, Intel Security releases detection tool for EFI rootkits." So one of the one of the documents in there describes this um, this this. Uh, UEFI rootkit for Macbooks uh which basically uh infects the the EFI volume and you know then it, once that happens it's really hard to clean your system right and and so uh Intel created a uh, and I guess they've had this they've had a framework to do this for a while now but they've created and released a a tool where you can create It requires you to have a known good system, but you can create a whitelist of what's supposed to be in the EFI volume, and then you can compare. And I guess if it it comes up different, you throw it in the microwave, I suppose.
1: (laughs) Well, this also goes to Apple saying that they have patched all vulnerabilities that were released in this archive. I don't know how they know that because we haven't seen much exploit code. Well, so there, was a, there were other stories
0: that, that I didn't include here, but there were other stories about how the, you know, the, the CIA has, or sorry, not the CIA, WikiLeaks, has said they were going to be working with companies.
1: Um, well, they said there were companies, to, right. but I don't think they have yet.
0: Well, I'm wondering if this is an example of that. Or maybe, well, maybe not, though, maybe, because this is not really targeting a specific exploit. They're just like, giving you a way to see if your EFI
1: is good. Yeah, it could be, which is not a bad thing, right? I mean, that that could help on a couple of different fronts. It, again, there's nothing unique about the techniques and tactics that have been revealed from this dump. Other organizations could be doing very similar things. In fact, we don't really have a story about it. I mean, we could, we could talk for many, many, many shows about this. Um, without even getting into any of the politics of it because we typically avoid the politics of this some of the talk about attribution and and throwing off attribution I thought was very interesting oh, oh, as well
0: we got one we got one Yeah Coming no I know
1: but we got there too too but um you know they start talking a lot about um the what was what was the supposed NSA, NSA team that got um their the hacking tools leaked or two back um oh um the equation group yes yes like there's talk in here of how the equation group got themselves in trouble by how they wrote their code and whatnot and how they can again this goes back to a point we make a lot that hardcore attribution is hard because you're dealing with digital data that can be so easily manipulated
0: right now but but it's interesting and and i guess that is a good segue to the the last story here, which it comes from CSO, and the title is CIA False Flag Team Repurposed Shamoon Data Wiper, Other Malware. And I would actually take a little exception to that. I, I don't think, having read the documents, that there's a lot of evidence, or really any evidence, of them running a false flag. I think they're just, like, trying to copy tactics.
1: Right, which it makes sense in, in in certain ways, right? I mean, it's... Sometime, but I don't think it's beyond them to to also say, hey, we want to make sure we don't look like, or we want to look like XYZ. Yeah, or, but you don't see, you, for instance, you, you,
0: at least so far, right? Maybe, maybe yeah. it's in there, right? But you don't see any, you know, if you want to make yourself look like North Korea, do these things. If you want to make yourself look like Iran, do these things. If you want to make yourself look like Russia, do these things. Right, it's more right. like... You know, if you need to uh, if you need to modify files on a Windows system, the people who wrote Shamoon did a really cool job with this L you know, this LDOS raw raw disk driver, and here's how they did it. And you know hacking team had all their stuff dumped. That's really interesting stuff. You know, if if you you know, if it solves a particular problem, go look at it, but then you know make sure you test it appropriately. The closest they get is there was a there was one document that talked about making sure that you set your time zone to be GMT and right. a couple of other things. There, you know, so far I haven't seen any. There hasn't been any of the documents that you know clearly indicate an intention to you know to,
1: to present themselves as someone else. No, in general, I would imagine the CIA is is trying to not be detected. Yes, right. Agreed, I mean, but again, we've only seen one percent supposedly,
0: right? And and so so you know maybe maybe it's out there. And and by the way, I at least in my mind, it's hard for me to imagine. And maybe it's just that the CIA wouldn't be the group to do this, right? I don't know who I don't know which if it would be the NSA or 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 some other military branch. I don't I'm, I'm not really sure, but it seems odd to me. Like if I were the you know, if I were the, in charge of this area of, of the government, it seems like that would be something that you would want to have the capability to do because it would be something that beca- would be useful from time to time.
1: To appear, to do a false flag. Yes. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, there's no reason. If we look at any other military capability, there's it absolutely has to be there. There's, there's no chance in, that they haven't had that consideration and thought and built that skill set. Right, right. Now, so, I, I let me be very, very, very clear. I'm not getting anywhere near any of the politics around this. We're not talking about Trump. We're not talking about, uh, you know, Russian. We're not talking about any of that. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that, you know, class 102 about military warfare and intelligence is be able to shift blame. Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> so,
0: and I guess what I'm saying is it, it, you, even more... The fact that they're using the Shamoon, you know, the Shamoon wiper does, at least to me, that's them trying to be, you know, lazy programmers yeah. <laughs> rather than trying to make themselves look like the, you know, the group that wrote Shamoon, so. Right. And why wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. And And by the way, that comes through when you read these documents, like they're trying to they're they're trying to do the easy thing. <laughs> they're they're trying right. to figure out, you know, how do I how do I get like I got a job to do, you know? I like instead of you know, I've gotta have this payroll form done by Friday, it's like, well I gotta have this I gotta have this implant done by next week, you know. <laughs> how do I get that done? <laughs> it's it's really Kind of interesting to to see how the sausage
1: is made. So, um, well, and I think it goes back to yet yeah, again that you know they they got a bunch of people trying to get work done, and they're just trying to execute on best practices.
0: Yeah. And by the way, I, I read a lot of what Rob Graham had wrote, and he was yeah. he's pretty interesting. He he um he touched a lot on the um and, and there was kind of, I don't know if it was coincidental or, you know just timely or I'm not really sure, but Rand put out that report, which we didn't talk about this time. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, I think we should. About the, um, you know, the, the, the life cycle of a zero day and this, the, the whole zero day debate is coming up again in the wake of this CIA file dump. You know, what, what is, what is the, you know, what is the, uh, I don't know what the right word is, right? The, 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 the responsibilities of a government related to, you know, quote, stockpiling zero days. And, you know, oh,
1: more, yeah, do, do, do they have a, a, an, an ethical op- or moral yes. obligation to disclose it?
0: Right, right. Yeah. And, and by the way, so far, none, you know, there isn't a lot of evidence that they're actually doing that. Now, clearly, they have some, right? But it doesn't, like, again, we only have 1% allegedly, uh, which, by the way, we've heard this before and we've never gotten the other 99%. So. <laughs> put that in your pipe and smoke it so um, uh, you don't don't really know what that will mean for the future but um you know, we we haven't we just haven't yet seen evidence in these documents like you know go to go out into the repository and pull out the you know in the database of zero days and pull out something that they don't seem to have that kind of capability so um they they certainly seem to be much more
1: I don't know, boring? Well, you know, it goes back to a lot of people think that a lot of hacking is magic and we're witches and this is witchcraft. And I think when you really start to pull back the covers, it's not that. Right. It's it's smart people
0: doing hard work.
1: Now, it's also very possible that there are multiple levels of sophistication at the CIA. And that this might be, you know, level one cyber masonry. That these guys have access to. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and,
0: That's true. And, They're only going they, after the low, the, the low uh, value targets, right?
1: Uh, it's possible, right? I mean, yeah, these could true. be the apprentice cyber masons that don't have access to all the good tools. Good point. I mean, that that seems like a very wise thing to do in a, in an intelligence organization. We don't know. There's a lot of things out of context here.
0: That's a very good point. Very good point. Um, yeah. Well, you know, well, we're we're sure to get more. As time goes on, and I I think we just people just haven't had the time to to read all of the eight thousand documents that are that are out there yet. So I'm sure there's going to be more learned. There'll be more ties to other types of operations, and you know as 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 linkages are made. Now, you know, as far as where this came from, the a lot of the discussion lately is from that contractor that got arrested um, Mm -hmm. toward the end of last year.
1: Because apparently, what we're hearing is the government knew about this leak right. last year, sometime. Correct. So there's there's still a lot to to come out on this, and I think we're at the beginning of this story.
0: Yeah, and it, and the interesting thing was I don't recall the specific details, and they, if, if I were a good show host, I would have gone and read up on this before, <laughs> but I had work to do, and mm-hmm. I, I recall that that person was caught with some number of terabytes of. Classified information on on systems he had at his house.
1: Yeah, and I, I think the uh, the allegation was that he just brought it home to work on, and that it wasn't necessarily meant for correct. And, and but my, my, you know, my again, my do expectation we know that for sure. We don't, we don't. My, yeah. my
0: expectation though is that he was bringing it home and putting it onto his um, you know his Western Digital My Cloud, which was exposed to the internet. Mm. And you know people who are just going, and or maybe it was maybe he was uploading it into a MongoDB.
1: Clearly, that's exactly what he was doing. <laughs> anyway, oh, what are you going to do? Yep. So, uh,
0: so yeah, that's um, that's it for uh,
1: for the takeaway. I think on this on this vault oven is. Take everything with a grain of salt until people really have time to work on uh, analysis. Yeah, or, I, an al- or analyze it yourself. Yeah, well, my,
0: my take is the, the world isn't ending. There's really, you know, we're, we we learned that the CIA spies on people, but we already right. knew that. And uh,
1: they're lazy like the rest of us. They just want to la- hack them over the
0: internet. <laughs> right. They're they're lazy like everybody else. If, if
1: they can sit in their underwear and eat Doritos and drink Mountain Dew while while doing their job, they're going to do it. Exactly. That's what I do. I'm doing it right now. I know, which is why it's really awkward that the camera's on. <laughs> really, Real, really awkward. Uh, you know, the the other thing I will say is that I'm not at all getting into whether or not they should or shouldn't do this, but at the end of the day i like the concept of this information coming out because if there are patches out there that haven't been patched this allows us to patch them and ultimately we could potentially all become more secure as a result if they are sitting on vulnerabilities that are unknown
0: yeah the the the, the flip side of that and we talked about this in you know in the wake of some of the the previous things like this the flip side is that the this is these types of things often serve as a, you know, a, a handbook, or roadmap, or or what have you, for criminals and, and other governments and whatnot. And so, you know, people who may not have had, you know, the, an inkling of of how to run a uh, an EFI, you know, rootkit on a on a Mac, you know, to, do their, do. to do their to do their, you know, their persistent. Uh, ransomware infection. You know now they now they may right and so yeah. um, No, that that's the that's the trade off, and I I mean I don't think we can get away from that. It's just something no. That, this is that the debate we've me.
1: always had from day one with disclosure of vulnerabilities. And if you don't disclose them, I mean it was just a, speaking of of our friend. Uh, uh, I'm suddenly blanking on his name. You just mentioned his blog. Oh, Rob. Rob Graham. Rob. Sorry. Clearly, I'm getting old. Uh, he just had a tweet storm about this about, you know, even if people don't disclose what the details of a patch are, you can very quickly do a diff on the patch, figure out what changed, go start poking at whatever it is that it patched and figuring out what it was that was vulnerable, how it was vulnerable. Uh, we, we cannot get away from, from probably disclosing those vulnerabilities. Uh, and I think the only. Likely realistic defense we have in the short term is is patched quickly. Not that that's a perfect solution.
0: Yeah, I guess I, I'm less on the on the vulnerability part, and I and I agree on the vulnerability part. I'm more on the I'm more on the the tech, you know, the techniques, yeah, and the tactics, you know, that the, these the government agencies are, are spend a lot of money developing. Concepts for tactics that, that are somewhat disconnected from the un, the, the vulnerabilities, and I think it 's those things that are manifesting themselves as as you know, much more difficult types of attacks from kind of the you know the the financially motivated criminals rather than yeah foreign governments
1: and if I was feeling you know particularly snarky or naive, I could say well doesn 't this raise the overall Security, of the entire internet, because we learn to adapt against these attacks. But I know the answer to that is no, we don't. We, don't. we just keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Yep. <laughs> and on that cheery note,
0: <laughs> yes. So uh, anyway, thank you everyone for listening, and thanks again to our Patreon donors.
1: Yes, thank you very much. You, much. you guys are awesome.
0: Um, let's see. I guess uh, you know the the, the next. The next conference we'll both be at is probably going to be DerbyCon, which is later this year. So you know, make sure you pencil that in and get your tickets so that I don't have to help you get tickets after you miss buying
1: your tickets. Unless I miss buying a ticket, then then I'm going to ask you to help me. Pre- yeah, yeah. Um, Unless we got off our ass and put together a talk and see if we could get accepted, we should do that. We really well, should. I mean, you have enough trouble doing a show. Do you think you have time to work on a talk? I don't know. I'll <laughs> ad lib. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get accepted. We're just going to show up and chat. Give us time. Yeah. no.
0: Just, just an hour. It's a, all we want.
1: Not that special. It's all we want.
0: Um, Anyway, uh, you can find links to the stories we talked about on our website at www.defensivesecurity.org. You can follow the show on Twitter at DefensiveSec. You can follow Mr. Callan on Twitter at Lurg. That's L-E-R-G, by the way. And then me on Twitter at MaliciousLink. And uh, with that, we will talk again, I really hope, next week. Have a good one. Have a great
1: week, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.